proof-of-work cryptocurrency mining like that used on Ethereum and Bitcoin blockchains requires huge amounts of energy to validate transactions and generate new tokens. The alternative, proof-of-stake, needs large deposits of assets to be staked up front in order to work. While both consensus protocol types have their own drawbacks, they are the current industry standards. The company SpaceMesh developed a new consensus protocol with the goal of powering an energy-efficient, decentralized, secure, and scalable smart contracts global computer and a cryptocurrency in the permissionless settings. They call their protocol Proof of Space Time, which works on a block mesh structure rather than a blockchain. The Space Mesh protocol allows newcomers to contribute to the security of the cryptocurrency network via unused storage space on their hard drives, driving down energy consumption and enabling anyone with a computer to contribute. In this episode, we talk to Anton Lerner, core team lead at Space Mesh. Anton was previously an embedded software engineer at Citaro and was a senior storage engineer at Dell before that. Our first book is coming soon. Move Fast is a book about how Facebook builds software. It comes out July 6th, and it's something we're pretty proud of. We've spent about two and a half years on this book, and it's been a great exploration of how one of the most successful companies in the world builds software. In the process of writing Move Fast, I was reinforced with regard to the idea that I want to build a software company. And I have a new idea that I'm starting to build. The difference between this company and the previous software companies that I've started is I need to let go of some of the responsibilities of Software Engineering Daily. We're going to be starting to transition to having more voices on Software Engineering Daily. And in the long run, I think this will be much better for the business because we'll have a deeper, more diverse voice about what the world of software entails. If you are interested in becoming a host, please email me, jeff at softwareengineeringdaily.com. This is a paid opportunity, and it's also a great opportunity for learning and access and growing your personal brand. Speaking of personal brand, we are starting a YouTube channel as well. We'll start to air choice interviews that we've done in person at a studio, and these are high-quality videos that we're going to be uploading to YouTube, and you can subscribe to those videos at YouTube and find the Software Daily YouTube channel. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. I hope you check out Move Fast, and very soon, thanks for watching Software Daily. Anton, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Let's start by talking about proof-of-work. Proof-of-work is the oldest known mechanism for doing distributed consensus for a currency, for cryptocurrency. What are the problems with proof-of-work, and what, all the, what are the alternatives to it? So, okay. Well, let's start by just uh, explaining, like, in a higher level, what is proof-of-work? Basically, it's uh, some sort of a lottery thing where we need to produce a certain number that, that basically answers some sort of uh, condition. Proof of work, basically, you need to produce the number with a certain amount of trailing zeros. So it's a lottery because most CPUs or GPUs need to calculate a lot of numbers until what they do is basically they produce a lot of random numbers until they found, find a number that answers this condition. So 
basically what this causes is is basically it's making your gpu or whatever cpu work really really hard randomizing numbers and once in a while you find this number so this causes very high energy consumption so we know that currently uh, proof of work algorithms such as bitcoin take uh, almost 2% of the energy produced on earth which is quite a lot and basically this is the major problem of it besides there are also other problems such as uh, because now there's a lot of uh, designated hardware to produce proof of work so the cost of these components is very expensive and there are a lot of uh, miners which take in a lot of these uh, components and basically they they use them they use them for for quite a long time and they produce also a lot of like a waste by producing these components and running them down and then buying some more of them so it's kind of very wasteful and not like earth friendly this whole process of proof of work and it's becoming becoming a big, big problem because of the popularity of proof of work protocols because proof of work is the i think the most easy and straightforward protocol to sustain blockchains and the more recent popular alternatives to proof of work are proof of stake and uh, proof of space and time maybe there are some other proof of x algorithms i don't really know about tell me about the costs and benefits of proof of stake and and then we'll get into to proof of space and time so proof of stake basically it switches the need for randomized numbers and it basically allows miners to mine and produce blocks into a blockchain using like a, a staking algorithm which means that you stake a certain amount of money and you follow the rules of the protocol if you don't follow the rules of the protocol so your stake is taken from taken from you and this is like the fine you need to pay for not for not following the rules of the protocol so this on one hand it's a big improvement from proof of work because it doesn't require a lot of ca- calculations to be done and doesn't require as much energy to be wasted for nothing basically but on the other hand this hurts a certain key aspect of a blockchain which is decentralization so decentralization is very important for the security of a blockchain because if a blockchain is not decentralized and is very centralized so some miners may collude and basically decide to not take in some transactions or uh, prefer some transactions over others and basically turn the the entire blockchain and its state to their benefit so basically if when using proof of work so you basically give more power to miners who have the stake to put in so the the stakes i don't know exactly how much you need to stake right now in like the leading protocols or like how much ethereum wants you to stake but i know it's not a, a small amount of money meaning that small miners and like home miners can't really participate in this protocol so this 
in fact like causes some sort of centralization of the power to miners that have enough enough money to stake so this is the major issue with proof of stake currently all right well that leads us to proof of space and time describe what proof of space and time is so proof of space and time is exactly what it sounds you instead of generating random numbers and trying to win some raffle you take some space on your computer and you prove that you have stored the space for a certain amount of time that the protocol uh, decides and after this uh, amount of time has passed you're eligible to participate in the consensus of uh, the block mesh in our case in space meshes uh, case and produce blocks so basically proof of space time works a bit differently than the two other protocols we've mentioned before because it doesn't require a lot of calculations or computations to be done constantly you have an initiate in initialization phase where you basically write down some sort of uh, hash and data structure on your hard drive and after which you publish to the network a proof that you have uh, stored this uh, space then we have certain time servers that are called poets and they uh, basically take this proof a miner has published and they store it for it for a while as much as the protocol states they should and then after this time has passed they release another proof that they have stored this for a while and if you still have the storage you're allowed to participate in the protocol and create a block and eventually uh, collect a reward for uh, the block you've created so as opposed to uh, the other two algorithms we've mentioned it doesn't take a lot of energy as i said before and it's not prone to centralization as much because although miners do get rewards and the possibility to create blocks according to the space they have stored a gigabyte on my home computer is the same as a gigabyte on a large server so also at all times small miners will be able to participate in this protocol and thus sustaining this decentralization requirement for a blockchain or a block mesh that keeps the network more secure and less prone to collusion of uh, malicious miners how do the costs to the infrastructure available or the environment or i guess i should i could just say costs more generally like if we think of the co- the overall cost structure of the bitcoin network i think of the overall cost structure is all these mining facilities that have to be run and you know the 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 cost of electric power how do the the cost comparisons balance out between proof of space and time algorithms and proof of work algorithms so we haven't done this calculation in particular but what i can say is that like from a, an energy consumption aspect proof of space time is has a lot less impact and uh also from a customized hardware aspect as i said 
uh, Space Mesh doesn't require any custom hardware because uh, it doesn't really matter like on what uh, storage device you store your proof. And as opposed to Bitcoin, for example, where you need custom-made hardware to mine uh, and participate in the protocol. And that currently, like none of us, unless they have some designated hardware, can actually participate in this protocol, in Bitcoin, I mean. In Space Mesh, by design, made it easy for home users to join and participate in the protocol. And thus not requiring like any extra hardware to be added. So this is like, we haven't done the exact calculation and we do know that there is uh, some uh, wear to hard drives. But the way we structured this protocol is that writing to the, to the hard drive and reading from it is not done like on a daily or hourly or a minute base. It's done every once in a couple of days, which will wear the hard drive down, but a lot slower than, uh, let's say, an ASIC that mines Bitcoin because it's always on and it always needs to produce these numbers to uh, participate in the program. All right, we, we've laid out some scientific motivation for building a new currency on this different proof model for the ledger. But I'd, I'd like to, to motivate the conversation even further before, still before we get to Space Mesh specifically. The idea of our multi-currency future, so the idea of a world in which there is not just uh, fiat, there is not just uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, but uh, there are actually a wide variety of tokens and currencies that we are all transacting with. I want to get your perspective on what this world looks like because you are working on a currency that is that is based around proof of space and time. And I'm guessing your perspective is that the currency in which this world thrives, your your the new currency that you're working on, is not disjoint from a world in which Ethereum and Bitcoin survive. Like you are envisioning a world in which there are multiple currencies, they play different roles, uh, they do different things, they're they they function within different platforms. I'd like to get your perspective on what that world looks like. So you're correct that Space Mission envisions a future where it resides alongside other protocols and other currencies. Like personally, I don't believe there will be that much protocols and that much currencies as we have today. Some of them will eventually cease to exist because they serve no utility for people that use it. And well, the, the situation right now is that we have a lot of more of the same currencies, but there are uh, several currencies which do serve a specific uh, cause, like some of them are more uh, secure in terms of uh, are more anonymous, I'm sorry. Some of them allow you to run applications on top of this, on top of the blockchain on this uh, distributed uh, ledger or distributed centralized system in general. And I envision the actual like uh, coins or protocols that survive that these will be the ones that actually serve a utility and are sustainable for a long time. So 
currently, as I see it, it's it's we're we're although Bitcoin has been around for like twelve years or something like that, we're still at the beginning of understanding how this whole blockchain thing works and what benefits we can get from it. And like right now, we're experimenting. Like there are a lot of projects and on like uh, that that are being developed right now. Some focus on anonymity, some focus on speed, some focus on the size of the ledger itself. And all of them are, are good because I think that eventually ideas will, will move between projects to create uh, a better and more sustainable and secure and small currency that will allow, um, allow us to actually use it and like not uh, destroy the planet while doing that or being affected by some sort of collusion or, or some sort of like uh, corruption of uh, nodes. So right now we're just seeing the beginning of it. And I think that there are several very, very good ideas and good projects that are being developed right now that the technology that is developed right now will be used and I think like joined with other technologies of blockchain to create something that is really sustainable and that we can actually rely on and use as a viable alternative to the current uh, fiat infrastructure and model in, in general. So like I envision this like as several groups of people that research different aspects of this new world we found out about like 10 years ago and so we're researching and we're working on it and we're uh, trying and failing and, and succeeding and eventually we will evolve into something that combines most of it and I think benefits from all these projects altogether. Okay. I think we have given sufficient preamble to talking about Space Mesh. Tell me what the approach to a new currency that Space Mesh is building is taking. I mean, I think Space Mesh has taken into consideration it's the past of uh, blockchains in general. And it's taking like the, the downsides of the current protocols or the protocols that existed before Space Mesh was founded. As we said, uh, the high energy consumption, but also the lack of decentralization, uh, also of miners, but of coin holders as well. I mean, in Bitcoin, for example, most of the Bitcoins and the majority of the coins in the system are held only by several wallets. And this is due to the racefulness nature of Bitcoin. I mean, the, the strongest survives and the strongest gets the rewards. And whoever has the more GPUs and whoever can produce blocks faster and is uh, found in key points is the miner that gets uh, most of the coins, which is a, a bit of a problem if you want your coin to be used. If only several wallets contain most of the coins, it means that a lot of other miners didn't get it and they're like left out of the game. So this is 
one problem we've identified in blockchains in general. The other is the the barrier to to enter the blockchain. It's a decentralized protocol, and it's based on large amounts of miners to join. This is uh, very good for the network security. So as we said before, in previous protocols, unless you have a lot of money to stake in proof of stake, or unless you have a very powerful mining machine and you're located in certain regions that power is cheap for you and et cetera, et cetera. So only then it will be profitable for you to mine and participate in the protocol. So this is another problem we have that the normal user can't even join and can't like get in on this protocol actually. And so these are uh, two uh, key points and also basically uh, there are rewards (laughs) and this all comes down to rewards. And if you don't have the currency, you probably won't use it. So Space Mesh has learned from the past and from these protocols. And we believe that proof of space time basically solves these problems because it offers everyday people and everyday machines the opportunity to mine the coin. It's not very CPU or GPU intensive. It won't consume a lot of power, such as uh, Bitcoin miners. And this all contributes to the uh, security of the system, because if you have a lot of whole miners, it's harder to collude and to divert the global ledger to your direction or some sort of direction. And also, it will it's harder to corrupt miners and have them disallow some transactions and promote other transactions. So this all is like a holistic system that is basically uh, making blockchain sounds like a, a, a model <laughs> better, but it, it, it like it emphasizes the, the good parts of blockchain. It emphasizes the security, it emphasizes the distribution, it emphasizes the decentralization. And this is all thanks to uh, proof of space time and the way we've built our protocol that is not like specifically a blockchain where in each point in time, only a single block is created. We are a block mesh and in a certain point of time, many blocks are created. So instead of having one miner decide on which transactions to take in right now and to add to the global ledger, and one miner uh, having receiving the rewards for this uh, block, we have many miners, as much as 200 and maybe 800 miners that will add transactions to the block mesh at a certain point in time and will receive rewards for them. So it basically makes it more robust and less uh, prone to corruption or centralization, basically. I want to take a moment to step back here and talk about crypto entrepreneurship in 2021. We can definitely go deeper into Space Mesh, but 
I think we're at this really interesting time where basically people like you, teams like you, like you are on, um, groups of very smart people can essentially place a really big bet on this space and the opportunity for discovery and and kind of like you know a lot of a lot of the research that's being done is somewhat speculative and you're you're betting on a a really big potential outcome you're betting on on this currency eventually taking hold as as a really lucrative and and meaningful and powerful in, endeavor i'd like to know a little bit about the economics of how you manage a project like this responsibly, intelligently. Take me inside the management of a nascent cryptocurrency development project. So I'm going to tell you from my perspective. Obviously, I wasn't, I'm not a founder of SpaceMesh, but from what I've seen, so it's like, as you said, it's, we're exploring some uncharted territories right now, also in Space Mission, I think in a lot of projects in the blockchain uh, community. And some of it is like pure research. Like most of what we do in Space Mesh is communicating with our research team. Like we have a development team and a research team, and we're going back and forth. Like the research team may come up with some algorithm and then we will implement it and then we will test it and see its strengths, see its weaknesses, see if it fits like working on, I don't know, a PC or something. And then we go back sometimes to the drawing board and we've had like algorithm that have been re replaced for three times already. And this is like, I think the uniqueness of the blockchain uh, industry because it's still mostly experimental and we're doing things and we're thinking about things that haven't been done before and we're trying to make like I think each project in Space Mesh also is trying to make the best and most I think uh, I, I wouldn't say convenient but the, the most a blockchain that is sustainable both in terms of running it and using it if you're a user that wants to transfer coins or if you're a miner that wants to mine so all of these projects are now again they're funded a lot from this entire ico phase we've seen but uh, now there are more serious projects which are funded like a, a startup by vcs and by angels that want to do something different that want to explore another uh you know explore some field in blockchain like we have a lot of projects that's as i said do many different things and this is a bit different from a, a regular startup that you know who your clients are and you know what you'll give them and you know like what your value proposition basically to your clients but in blockchain it's more trying to make blockchain better and more usable and more robust and more popular also obviously among users so it is different 
but it's also like it's still a, a normal i don't know <laughs> startup company at least for uh space mesh except that we've started this path and we don't exactly know at which wh where we're going to stop and what we'll produce eventually but uh, we're working on it i remember back in 2017 or 2018 i was interviewing a lot of these companies that from the uh, previous crypto boom and one of the things that was a little disconcerting to me was the idea that you would have instant vesting or very fast vesting of tokens, which I felt misaligned incentives with people who were long-term or purported to be long-term shareholders in, in protocols. What are your thoughts on token vesting? So, like... I think that Space Mesh have learned from the mistakes of these companies as well. Now we have basically a way to put contracts on blockchains. And I think it's a really great idea to do the token vesting in a publicly visible contract that basically can tell everybody how much of the coin the actual company or the people who have built it are taking in at each point in time. I do agree that it's concerning. And there were some projects that you didn't know what's going to happen and whether or not they're just capitalizing on this ICO boom and they're producing coins just to sell them as fast as, as they can and like cash out of it without any actual need or, or, or want to uh, contribute to the blockchain community or to the, their own blockchain. And it is concerning both for users, miners, and people who don't know about blockchain and don't trust it. I mean, it sure does uh, uh, make you think twice about getting into blockchain in general. And I'm sure it doesn't, it doesn't reassure you in, in this whole field to hear about these companies who just did ICOs and raised a lot of money and then disappeared once they sold all, all their coins. And as I said, Space Mesh has learned from the past mistakes. And like I think also Space Mesh, but other mature projects have learned from what happened in the ICO boom. And now they have a more solid approach i mean specifically in space mesh we have we'll have a contract that states how many coins will be uh, put back in the company and it's not going to happen like in in one shot it will be like a lasting vesting uh, program that will put the uh, coins in the company's wallet for uh, i think uh five or ten years and also uh, like uh, we have like safety measures that we want to put out to the world that we are here to stay and we trust our protocol but we do need i mean some coins to sustain the protocol but this is not the main goal the main goal is to signal the world that we are here we're here to stay and we're not trying to cash out as fast as possible. And this is all uh, will be visible 
and straightforward to everybody. So we hope this will assure our users that we're not a scam, basically. And I think it's all lessons from the past that a lot of companies did this whole behind the scenes and they had like a coin initial... Initial coin offering, ICOs? Yeah, uh, ICOs is, is uh, like pre-mined coins. This is what I meant. A lot of companies had pre-mined coins that basically said that from the start, from the, the genesis of this blockchain, this company holds this much coins. And I can see where this is uh, not reassuring to newcomers and users of this blockchain to know that, okay, this company now already has this much coins and it can cash out whenever, whenever it needs or wants. So we've taken this whole into consideration when uh, structuring our also reward distribution and the way we, find, we fund our company. It's a great answer. So coming back to the engineering side of things, proof of space and time for space mesh. Give me a description for what the deployment of the space mesh network will look like. What will be the rollout process? And then what will the early days look like? So in the early days, we obviously need a certain amount of storage vested in the system from day one. So we don't know how many external users we have. So we have, we'll, we'll bootstrap with uh, some of our own miners, but it will always be a certain percentage of the entire network. Meaning that if more external users, the more external users will join, the less of our miners will deploy. So this is the, the initial thought to create our own miners and bootstrap the network with it. And, but we encourage uh, home miners and also like big whales and, and everybody to join the network from Genesis and start mining like from day one. We definitely don't want to have like uh, a major stake in the system in terms of space mesh. We do want and we do encourage the actual decentralization of our network. So I guess we'll have some storage ready and we'll monitor the way external miners join. And according to that, we'll decide how much storage we stake as opposed to how many, how much storage there is from external miners. And can you walk me through the steps for a transaction? What will a transaction look like on Space Mesh? So again, as a lesson from the past, uh, Space Mesh has joined its wallet with the miner, which we feel is very important. Because if you have coins, but you don't have wallets, so it's kind of tricky, although you'll have a standalone wallet. And if you have a PC, so why not mine? I mean, you can not mine in just transactions, but if you have some storage left, why not mine? So basically, once you have coins or you have received coins, 
you can use either our app to create a wallet and transfer coins the same way you do it on all other blockchains. Basically, just have the address of the recipient of the recipient, and you send them the amount of smash you want. Smash is the name of the coin, and basically, you can do it with our app or a CLI wallet, which will also release. Or you can even do it on your own if you have your public and private key. So each transaction is basically assigned, predefined with a predefined format of you know of some blob of bytes that you can send to an API gateway or any miner, which will then publish it with the gossip network to all the miners. So basically, you can do it in either way. And it's very straightforward, the same way as any other blockchain wallet. And you can also do it like programmatically, which is, I think is cool. So you can also build apps that do it. As long as you have your private key, which is the most important thing, you can do it from anywhere. What are the biggest unanswered engineering questions you have within Space Mesh? So I think like the scalability is something we need to keep testing and trying. As I said before, uh, Space Mesh supports multiple blocks at a certain point of time. And it supports many miners creating this, these blocks. So it's interesting to see how the network reacts when we add more miners or add more blocks to a layer, we call it, and see how it affects both home users, like home PCs that participate in the protocol, and also like large whales, large miners that will participate in the protocol. So this is like the 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 one thing we need to roll out to see how it works. I mean, we will test it, obviously, and uh, we are testing it now. But this is there are things that are unknown to us. Like, uh, for example, how many transactions will there be in a certain layer or in a block? And how many miners will actually participate in this? Also in Space Mesh in particular, we have several uh, consensus protocols. And we are now benchmarking these consensus protocols so that we know how much network traffic it will take also from a home user and from a large miner. And it's very important to us to know these uh, parameters because we do want people to be able to participate in the protocol while using their PCs for anything else. So on top of that, that the protocol consists of many participants at a time and it produces many blocks at a time, we want it to be able to run on your computer without actually disturbing you, like playing online or, or uh, just using your computer for normal stuff. So 
we're now like exploring this and seeing how our software actually affects different setups. And we're making adjustments accordingly. At this point, we are, I think, a, a month or so, or maybe maybe a little bit more into the launch of ChiaCoin. How long has Chia, ChiaCoin been, been launched at this point? I think, yeah, a month, maybe two. I don't know. Okay. So I was, I, I've been talking to some people about ChiaCoin. I haven't looked into ChiaCoin too much. I, I, I kind of want to do a show about it. But I think this is probably the, the furthest to market proof of space and time protocol that we have. I don't know if you would agree with me. But you, could, you can let me know. But I'd love to hear your perspective on ChiaCoin, what it does, like what are its novel innovations and what's its viability? Okay. So actually before ChiaCoin, we had Filecoin which kind of works the same way. You store, you uh, stake storage and you participate in the consensus according to the storage you've staked. But indeed, Chia is the first uh, coin to roll out with proof of space protocol. I don't know if they are doing proof of space over time. But I think that Chia is like the first, the first project that offers a more sustainable blockchain. I mean, I've been hearing like things about Chia. I mean, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, <laughs> wanna trash talk or something. <laughs> I mean, there are some things we see about Chia that we have taken account in into account when built when building our block mesh, which we see is now bothering users in Chia. I mean, the reward time for staking, I think, a terabyte. I don't want to, I don't want to really get into the specifics because I don't remember them exactly, but the reward time is very, you need to wait a lot of time to get a reward, like three years or something for a basic setup, which is something we have thought of beforehand and we do it a bit differently. So Chia is like the, the first project that actually puts out proof of space to the world, which is good because I think more sustainable projects like these need to be created in order to eventually find the sustainable protocol that will allow us to stain a blockchain or a block mesh for not 10 years, but 100 years. I mean, eventually, like, at least this is how we think about it. We don't think about our block mesh as a phase, as something that will be around for a couple of years and then will be gone. We try to structure it and build it in a way that will be sustainable for a very long time. Because this is one thing I think is very much needed if you intend to either uh, replace the current fiat system or to accompany it in a good way. So you need your, pro your protocol to be sustainable for a very long time. And I think there are a lot of good things that have been done in Chia because they are much more green and they also have this green theme where you harvest and you seed and you eventually like get rewards but i think there are several uh 
points that are now a bit missed in Chia in terms of uh, getting rewards, maybe in terms of the storage usage, meaning like uh, they do intensive reads and writes from the storage. And I think like uh, these are things that need to improve also in Chia and in other space-time protocols, such as ours, which we are working on as we speak. Well, this has been a wide-ranging conversation. As we draw to a close, do you have some broader predictions about what the next few years are going to bring when it comes to crypto and DeFi? So, yeah, DeFi is also like a, a new and exciting aspect of blockchain, like uh, decentralizing the, the all sorts of uh, financial instruments and doing it like automatically on contracts is something that is very exciting to, to see how it evolves. Personally, I do think there is a place for it in our world because I think like, well, basically, we all have identities in our real life and we we have our friends and we have our job and we have our like life but we also have uh, an online identity and the thing about online identity is that it's not related or tied up to any geographic identity or any it, it can be not tied up to. And sometimes it's anonymous or like just a nickname. And I feel there's a lot of freedom in blockchain in particular and in, in, in also in DeFi if you want to talk about that. But I feel like blockchain is the, the evolution of our online lives. And it supports it with the decentralization and like the... the the notion that there's not a single identity or a single authority that can tell you what you can or cannot do on the internet. And I think it's crucial for, for this notion to stay, for this freedom to stay online. And I feel that all the recent development done in blockchains and the way blockchains evolve now they evolve into decentralized finance, which is also good because it makes it a lot less prone to collusion or control of some people with interests. And we, I mean, I think it will evolve like more into other areas such as our culture, art, I don't know, identity in, in general. And I think like uh, we didn't know <laughs> we needed it until we've created blockchain. And ever since we've created blockchain, I don't think it's, it will go away because I think people will always need this device or this path that is not controlled by any central authority that allows them to do what they want to do without any judgment or any like specific strict rules of 
some identity. Sometimes, I mean, it, it may be for bad causes, but I try not to look at the bad causes because I think there's a lot of good to be done in blockchain because I think like overall centralization and putting too much, putting all the power in one state or one leader or one bank or one, I don't know, hedge fund is risky. And eventually it doesn't benefit us, like the, the normal, regular people who don't have a lot of power in our hands on a daily basis. So I don't know if it answered your question. but It does. It does. That's a great summary. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Anton. Great talking to you. Cool. I loved it. Thank you so much for this interview.